And we are live for another episode of the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Luz Luigi. And tonight, I'm with Andrew. Hey, hey. And I'm with G. How are you doing, G? What's up? Nothing much, nothing much. Uh, just another week of Yankees baseball. Uh, we haven't had an episode since the day after the trade deadline where most Yankee fans were just it, just in hysterics, right? They were They were in hell. They were unhappy. And... What are the Yankees doing? The Yankees decided to sweep the Red Sox over a four-game set, sweep the terrible that terrible team in Baltimore who just you know they're they're pretty bad and swept them, and then you know what the Yankees just split with the Blue Jays who, despite their record, have a damn good offense and who who knew the Blue Jays have like the best pitching in baseball right like according to this weekend four-game set the the Blue Jays are just like a great pitching team, it, but. Uh, you know, the Yankee bats weren't uh, all that great this weekend. But, hey, you know, you still take two of four. You're still eight and a half up in the division. Life's good. Life's good. Uh, we're going to talk about the starting pitching, how it's actually improved a little bit since the trade deadline. We're going to talk about the injury updates, some guys coming back. Uh, you know, Aaron Judge we'll talk about. But, Andrew, how you doing tonight, man? Man, I'm ready for, for these guys to get healthy. <laughs> I mean, winning, that's, these, they've been you, winning you tons of games. Yeah. I mean, if you just listen to that, it, it you could plant that in any point in the season. You know, I'm just waiting for these guys to get healthy. It, it's been like that all year. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I think what you saw the, these last two or three games in Toronto, um, yeah, it, it's nice having guys in, in AAA and the no-name guys step up and, and contribute. But, I mean, it, it's not a long-term sustainable solution. Um, like, God bless Mike Ford. Mm-hmm. Love that guy. But, I mean, he's hitting, what, 170 now? Like, yeah, he can't be taking yeah. regular bats five or six days a week. Um, I mean, it's something we got to deal with. And, thankfully, we got the underbelly of our schedule right now. Uh, I mean, the Cleveland series later this week will be tough. But outside of that, we got pretty easy opponents for an extended period. And then, you know, we'll get healthy at the right time. Yeah. Uh, gee, uh, what, what really stuck out to you? About this past week of Yankees baseball, uh, I mean, it's hard to really talk about the Yankees without talking about the injuries, and that just continues to be a huge annoyance. But um, I mean, the whole next man up thing is definitely great. Like Andrew said, it's it has a shelf life, and I think we're all kind of really nervous about when it's going to run out. Um, but you know, until then, right? They're still ripping off you know, big chunks of wins at a clip. So um, I can't say I enjoyed watching, you know, the Mike Fords and the Bravik Valeras and whoever else betting, you know, six through nine for the last week. But, you know, Gleyber Torres came back and played today. So that was a step. And, you know, Aaron Boone dropped a bunch of quotes about the various players. Some of them, you know, could be, doing positive things sooner rather than later. So, um, you know, they have a good cushion in the division, which I'd like to see them, you know, as long as they win every couple of days, right, they should be able to maintain it. As long as they maintain that, you know, they should be able to, you know, just do their thing until some of the cavalry starts to show up, which we've been saying basically all year. So, <laughs> yeah. I do have to know it, though. Like, I mean, we, we, we can't just glaze over the fact that, Gio Urshela and Mike Talkman had like basically Gabe Ruthian type weeks. Like they had <laughs> games for the ages. Uh, I believe the the two of them combined for three two home run games. 
Um, together they hit what, like ten home runs, drove in um, probably about half the team's runs over the whole um, the whole week. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were Ursh- on fire. Urshela back to back two home multi homer games. I I believe the first one was the first one of his career, and then he just does it the next game. I mean, yeah, he's. He's the, the guy's incredible. I mean, I mean, the guy has just been unbelievable. We all we all knew we were getting a you know pretty good defender when we got him, but we we didn't think we were getting a bat like this. I mean, he's been unbelievable. But I mean, the thing that stuck out to me, Rochella for his last thirty games is batting three sixty five with eleven home runs, even though a bunch a big chunk of those home runs came the last week or so. But he's been playing basically every day at third base. Mike Talkman's last thirty games, he's batting. 391 even though that span of 30 games spans a little bit further like closer to the beginning of the season but it's still pretty great like Talkman since he came up he came back up from the minors has been just insanely hot yeah no Talkman we look we <laughs> I famously said on this podcast or infamously I should say you know, I was sick of Mike Talkman right before the Red Sox series. And, you know, even then, because he, he, you know, he, after that series, he kind of just went back to being pretty bad. I mean, when he got recalled, man, he's just been a different guy. It, it really is incredible. Like, he's been one of the better hitters in the American League. I mean, when they, sh- I think it was about five days ago, they pulled up on, yes, that he was 10th in the American League in slugging percentage. And I said, man, like Mike Talkman, top 10 in the AL in slugging percentage. That's just, that's, that's unbelievable. He can, you know, he continues to play a solid outfield. He can play all three positions in the outfield, which is just so valuable. And, you know, people were questioning why Clint wasn't up over him. And I mean, I, I, those people are kind of realizing now that Mike Talkman's a actual major league player in all aspects of the game, not just hitting. And that, that goes a long way. But the Shane thing that stuck plug. out to me, you mm-hmm. going, shameless plug to the Twitter where we comped Talkman's stats with Mike Trout. Yeah, um, it's pretty clear who's the better player. But, no, the thing that stuck out to me this week was, you know, a lot of good performances from our starting pitchers. Uh, Paxton had two really good starts uh, where both starts he went at least six innings, two runs or less against the uh, Red Sox and O's. Uh, Tanaka today on Sunday against the Blue Jays, he was phenomenal, went for the complete game, but, you know, lets up the hit. Still went eight innings of shutout, uh, only three hits. I think that's the best he's looked all year. Um, just, you know, just, I think just wait, 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 Tanaka has a complete game shot out on his ledger already this year. <laughs> we can't, no, can't forget that. I mean, I'm just saying though, like Tanaka just only three hits over eight innings. I, I understand Boone took him out cause it was a one run game, but I mean, I think that's the best he's looked all year, you know, just in terms of how easy going he was. It just, I mean, he, I think he let up the first hit, which was, you know, Geo bobbled it a little, a little iffy. I, I understand it was called a hit. Like it's easy to say why that was called wasn't called an error in hindsight when Tanaka retires in the next like fifteen. But I mean Tanaka trainings like two through six was just cruising. I mean he just didn't no walks, no hits. I mean it was it was pretty easy. And I you know, that Blue Jays team, that's a decent lineup. Like I know they're not a good team, but that's a pretty decent lineup. And I mean he he just he was on cruise control today. You know, didn't if the Yankees if they were up like four or five to nothing, Boone would have let Tanaka finish that out. But since it was a one run game, he brought in Chapman and yeah, but yeah, I think that was the best Tanaka has looked all year. Um, just hoping that he continues it. Yeah, I really hope he builds off that because it's it's kind of sucks for Tanaka because his 
his numbers are really inflated by those two starts against the Red Sox. One, which was in London, where you know, like every pitcher seemed, every starting pitcher seemed to just have a rough time, and then the uh, other so the where one Boone left him out to die, where he got up like eighty runs in three innings. You know, it's just those those are really gonna inflate your stats. You know, so should be noted he pitched on an extra day of rest today, and that's always a yeah. good sign for him. He yeah. gets a little extra bite on a splitter. He's been playing around with the with the, the grip on a splitter. Um, that pitch was a difference maker today. Yeah, he, he. I think it is encouraging that he would like you know he was able to like bring a low pitch count late in the game. Like he wasn't just like racking up strikeouts and driving up the pitch count. Like he's given up a lot of home runs. Like players like to swing and put the ball in play, and they were like attempting to do that, and they just weren't getting anything. So like it seems like his pitches were pretty crisp and had a lot of bite today. Yeah, and you were just worried, you know, because obviously the whole third time through the order with Tanaka, I mean, he, he was pretty damn good the third time through the order, you know, really not a lot of problems. And, you know, it was just like I said this before, but it was just so important that the day before a doubleheader and decided to beat against Baltimore, who, who's, like I said before, very bad. It still matters that you just get eight innings from your starter the, the day before that, right? Like, you just really – because the bullpen – you know, it was pretty pretty beat up. Obviously, Britain was warming up, and you still use Chapman, who was the one guy that just hadn't been used. But the rest of the bullpen has been utilized pretty heavily over the last few days. So, you know, Tanaka, you know, he stepped up today. That's that goes a long way because the Yankees are in the midst of they have three four three straight four game series. Right? They had this one. Now they have a four game set against Baltimore because of the doubleheader, and then they have a four game set against the Indians with no off days. So, that's a pretty long haul, and that's. That's why well, they haven't so announced important. who's who's pitching tomorrow, right? I mean, obviously, Paxton's uh, lined up Pax, for, for yeah. one of the games, mm-hmm. but did they announce the second throwing, game? I think what they usually do, I think what they've always almost always done in every doubleheader is one of the games they will, do have green do an open, they will have Green yeah. do an opener. Andrew, I don't know if you know this, but the Yankees have not lost when Chad Green has pitched. You know? uh, they lost just yesterday, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Up it's a professional podcast. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't you didn't let me finish, Andrew. <laughs> up until yesterday. Oh my God! They were nine and zero to start. Casual. They were nine and zero to start with Chad Green as the opener. Obviously, it came to an end. Because, like, you know what? Like, I was about to say this, Andrew. Once ESPN posted about it, like they made like the stats, like they got hold. Well, once ESPN got hold, because we had known that you know for for quite some time that the Yankees were undefeated with Chad Green opening. Once I see ESPN post. Like, oh, you know, the Yankees are helping. Like, the record was this. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, man. This, this isn't good. ESPN's oh, no. getting a hold of it. Uh, this is camping. Sure enough, the 9-1. and one. But still still a pretty damn good record with Chad Green as the opener. So, yeah, I think that's what they'll do. And either it was – they say Paxton's going to start the first game or the second game? Uh, I actually don't know. <laughs> hmm. I could easily check this. Uh, yeah, Paxton's going to start the 1 o'clock. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You're on your phone. Duh. Yeah, Paxton's going to start, supposed to start the first game at one. And then, yeah, um, the seven o'clock game, the Yankees, it's undetermined. Both, it's just blank for both teams. So, I, you know, both teams will probably go bullpen days. Um, bullpen how many specialist, Nestor Cortez. Yeah, you know, Green to Cortez. Uh, Former Oriole legend, Nestor Cortez. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, no. He pitched on Friday, two innings. So. Yeah, see, were you guys watching the game? I forget which game it was. Where like Nestor had that super quick pitch, and the ump called like an illegal pitch. 
No, no, I actually, I I saw he's been doing that a lot, but he actually got popped. I guess he like, yeah, like I guess he, uh, like his right foot, you know, kind of went like almost disengaged. They said he's the umpire said his right foot like disengaged so far forever because he just like stepped really quick and then just threw a pitch like right down. He's gone. Awesome. Yeah, he's a wacky dude though. Like he did, like he had a couple times where he just like stopped almost and had like an annoying long pause. I think it's awesome, man. I mean, when you don't have like blow away stuff at the MLB level, like you know, doing stuff like that, throwing rhythm off, really, really messes with it because you know a lot of these these hitters are freaks of uh, freaks of habit, freaks of nature, and they they'll just time a pitcher right when they get a good rhythm on a guy, it's over. But man, Cortez was was Angel Hernandez doing that game. Uh, probably Angel or Angel Hernandez was just doing the. You guys see Angel not to get off topic, not to you know talk non yanks What did he do with the Reds today? He he literally called Joey Votto out on three de- separate at bats, three pitches all out of the zone. I know, like I know. Oh at least one of them. I saw at least one of them was on a three-two count. So wait, wait, wait. We're not allowed. We're not allowed to critique him because then it's it's obviously yeah, a racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's, it's not, it has nothing to do with the fact that he just sucks. Yeah, I actually just got a lawsuit from the ML from Angel Hernandez saying that he he's suing me. So that's <laughs> defamation of character defamation. and racism. Like, like that's the thing that's crazy. It's like, man, like people hate you. It has nothing to do with your like people hate you because you're a terrible umpire. Like you're like the worst that like, people know you as being like the worst umpire in all of baseball. Like there's a lot of bad ones. Like, like can, we, guys, can we just talk about Gardner getting ejected from that oh game? God. Not saying any like that was just so incredible. So that, I was so like that's one of those moments where you're just watching the game and you're just like, you're like, wait, like, what, what happened? Because like you don't hear any because. You know, a lot of times these, you know, there's hot mics everywhere in a baseball game. And, you know, you'll hear for guys like dropping some F-bombs or talking shit. You'll sometimes hear it kind of in the background. You'll be like, oh, yeah, man, he, he was talking shit. You really didn't hear anything. You didn't oh, hear I anything. Was, no, he does. His thing is he, like, he bangs the bat up on top of the uh, Oh, yeah. He, uh, I the saw that. Because he threw afterwards. his helmet in Cleveland mm-hmm. and broke his lips. So he doesn't do that yeah. anymore. So yeah. <laughs> it just makes noise. Yeah, no, I saw him doing that. And I guess, you know, that's what the umpire saw. But, I mean, man, this – these umpires just have so, – it's just incredible. They have such like, quick tempers. They're, to throw a guy – it was early in the game, too. To just to throw a guy out of the game for that is it, just ridiculous. Like, you know you, you you know you made a bad call when, when that happens. Because I think, you know, it was Mabin, and the pitch was way low. And it was actually Mabin who said something, and, you know, the, I guess he just singled out Gardner. And, yeah, and then did you see um, the, the video that John Boy posted? It was like um, – Boone immediately goes out and says, oh, oh, who, who'd you toss? What happened? He's like, Gardner. Yeah. Like, well, what did he say? He's like, something like, oh, that was bullshit or whatnot. And Boone's like, no, but I said that. He's like, okay, <laughs> so then you're out too. It's like, dude, like, what, what are you doing? Like, the, the annoying thing about baseball umpires is, like you guys said, they have such a short temper, but they have this, like, I'm untouchable kind of attitude. Like, you are should be allowed to be critiqued. Like, players should be allowed to critique and not complain, but, you know, like voice their displeasure without having to walk on eggshells being like, oh, the umpire, you look at me the wrong way. I'm going to toss your ass out, even if it's like, you know. Well, there is like the uh, kind of the unwritten rule where it's like you can't argue balls and strikes. It's the moment you argue balls and strikes, you're out. Like you can't, uh, But it's like, look, what, you could complain about a call. You could say like when you react to a call and say, oh, that's a fucking terrible call. Like, wow, that out pitch was a foot low. Um, this one, and, this is like different. Like the, in in arguing balls and strikes, like yes, it was technically an instance of that, but it's like the umpire 
isn't completely sure. He just goes, oh, I think it was Gardner, so let me toss his ass out of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, Boone literally went out there and said, like, no, I said that. And he goes, all right, you're thrown out too. Not like, <laughs> oh, I'll just throw you out instead. He just goes, all right, well, Gardner's still out, even though he didn't do anything, and your ass is out of here. It's just egregious. Like, it's just, like, there's no need for that kind of a power trip. You know, like, I know that the in the NBA, like, they have something where – like they'll send, I don't know what it's, I forget what it's called exactly, but they'll send refs like you know reports of like calls. Hey, you missed this call, or you shouldn't have called this. And like, yeah, it's the last the, two minute report. Yeah, yeah, the last two minutes. Like the MLB, I know for a fact they don't do that. Like, there's just but no. There's the NFL, no. The NFL referees are horrendous too, but don't they get fined if they make like a bunch yeah. of bad calls yeah, they, that, they that swing they games? They do. And MLB just kind of like, like MLB is like afraid to go after their umpires. Seems like, which is just bullshit. Because I think MLB umps might be worse than NBA and NFL. The worst refs. part is that that no league has an umpire association or a referee association as strong and as like mm-hmm. you no know, strongly spoken as the MLB umpire association. Like they're so committed to standing up for their guys and defending their guys, and you know, shoving a big middle finger to the rest of the world. It's like, dude, you guys suck, and you take zero accountability. Like. I don't know if you guys were watching today. Like Judge had that little, like you know, that little dinky hit, and like he was called out originally, and like he was so obviously, Very obviously safe. safe. It was so. It was like I'm like anybody watching that could just tell he was safe right away. I'm like yeah, he's safe. Like he beat that. Rico said it right away. Rico's like, oh, he's safe. And Rico's like, like dude, Judge didn't even motion to the dugout. Judge just took you know took his shin guard off, like was staying on the base, like he knew he was safe. Everyone knew he was – they showed the pitcher's reaction after, and you could tell that he knew Judge was safe. Like, he was Judge. watching that, and he was like, ugh. Like, he got the ball back, like, knowing that, yeah, that he's still going to be on first. Like, this it's like just – I'm like, I'm like what, do, what did we do before? Imagine, like, 10 years – like, you know, before replay, like, 10 years ago, not even. Like, we would have just seen that and been like, yep, he's out. Like, back to the dugout. Like, well, nothing we could do about it, even though we're all watching it on our – like – on from the comfort of my home, I could literally call them right now and be like, "Oh yeah, he's safe. Like he he's clearly safe. Change it." But yeah, that well, just wasn't a thing. So we would deal with calls that we knew were wrong, and yeah. there wasn't as great technology and and camera angles and slow mo to actually not. definitively show that that we were right sitting on our couches at home. But I think there's plenty of times. I'm sure there's even playoff games. If, you know, we go back and yeah. think about it. They're like they're a big play like that happened, and blatantly the call was wrong. But that was just without replay. That's just yeah. Because even I, I forget who it was. If I was like, oh my gosh, it was like a highlight tape. You know, it's from like the early two thousands. And the guy made like a diving play and threw him out at first. And the guy called him out and like this dude was safe by like three feet. Like he was literally past the bag saying, I'm just like, wow, that like replay would have reversed that real quick. But back then it was like, yep, great play, end of the inning, even though we all could see he was safe. You know what comes to like- mind for me actually is um I think it was 2009 in the uh, the ALDS against the Twins. Um, it may have even been the first game, but I, I remember Joe Maurer dunked a, a ball down the left field line that, like, it, it was a fair ball, right? It got called foul. And yeah, got I remember that. It. I but, remember but with, that. With replay, like, that was definitely a fair ball. It, it bounced in the seats. It would have been a ground rule double. Would have started mm-hmm. a rally. The entire game could have been different. I mean, <laughs> we were the beneficiaries of that, but, like, that was bad. That was when replay was just homers only, right? I don't even think they had replays at that point in 2009. I don't I, think they started. No, remember, no they because remember A Rod had that home run in Philly to right field that they reviewed. Remember, I, I remember that. Oh right, because it was off the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I feel like umpires 
in a lot of instances, like close game, bang, bang, play at a base, like especially with a home crowd, like they just not, you know, this is just my opinion, but I feel like they just want to like punch a guy out because it's like the more exciting, like for them, like they just get to like well, to punch the guy out. Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It just seems like their default thing is just to punch the guy out when like judge was safe by a mile. Like you shouldn't even need the camera. to look well, at that Well, you know, well, something that I never understood with like umpires is like umpires is like most umpires change the zone according to count. Like if it's a three zero count and a guy throws a pitch that's kind of a ball but it's close, they'll call it a strike just to like keep the bat. But like you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to change your zone according to the count. Or if it's o two and a guy throws like a pitch that's theoretically a good pitch, right? Like it's a very good pitch, like on the outside, but it's off the plate. You know, it's a it's a great pitch as a pitcher, but the, he gets the call just because of that. And it's like, look, that's not a strike. Like, the that's worst the one is is when the catcher moves his glove. So mm-hmm. the ball is caught. It crosses the plate in the strike zone, but it's a missed spot. It's like the catcher setting up low and in. The pitch is like right over the middle, a little up. And, and they'll call. And, and actually, I remember that happened just in that Red Sox series last week. Judge took. Um, a pitch like basically right down the middle, and it was no. called a ball. And like I, I couldn't believe it. He had a, no, a double the next at bat. But like, uh, look, obviously, like look, obviously, fuck the Red Sox. But like Chris, the the start Chris Sale had in that last series against he got cut against, so he bad. got like screwed over on multiple occasions. Like he had multiple times where he would have gotten like a strikeout to either get him out of an inning or get him out of a gym, and he just did not get. Like he got there was a, that's why I mean he left the mound like cursing at the home umpire. I'm like. Man, like I, I can't even blame him. Like I really cannot even blame him. Like that was, like they are like the Red Sox and specifically scale. We're just getting absolutely cucked by that home plate umpire. And like, look, like you just say to yourself, like, hey, man, like, like we've been on the wrong side of that like plenty of times. You know, like sometimes you're on the right side, sometimes you're on the wrong side. Like, I mean, you know, <laughs> like, we're, it, we're, we're talking about the. You know, being on the right or wrong side of that, we could talk about today. Aaron Judge, since it seems to happen once every like couple games, but today was one of the more egregious ones that's ever happened. Judge getting rung up at a ball pretty clearly at his shins, like yeah. And you know, it's a shame because like that umpire said, like I thought he was pretty good overall, except that one call. Like that was just like wow, that, that was clearly low. Uh, you know, it was, it was that Judge's yeah. shins, but. Yeah, like, I'm kind of just going to continue. I feel like until Judge one day just like snaps the bat over his over his knee and just says like, "Dude, what the hell? Like, that's not a strike." Judge is going to fight for his own good. Judge is going to fight an ump. Um, speaking of Judge, uh, you know, do you guys just like kind of just you know, big picture? Do you guys think Judge is okay? Like, you know, obviously overall, his hard hit percentage is you know still up. He's he's squaring the ball up overall, but. I don't know, man. The last week, it just seems like he's off. And obviously, still, like, I don't know if you guys know this, still no home runs to left field. All those home runs are to center and right. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that one before. Um, yeah, so, a- Andrew, do you, do you, what do you think's, what do you think's up with Judge, if anything? No, I, I think there's there's a few things going on. Um, they were saying on the broadcast today that he took a couple hacks that, that typically hitters take, like, right before they break out. And, and he kind of started looking like this um, – Back in April, too. And I remember I actually wrote a, a piece about it that kind of aligns with what's Same going on plug. now. How his, his, yeah, plug, his hard hit percentage was among the best in the league. Um, he, he was hitting balls um, you know, right at guys, which he's not doing as much now. But, he, you know, like, and, and so there were 
signs that he was ready to, to bust through. I think like the day after I posted that, he hit two home runs in Baltimore. It's, again, it's Baltimore, genius. so you could probably just discount it. Whatever. This guy's the point a of the matter is, though, yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't wait, know who are they can, playing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I just don't know if the same things can be said about him now just because he has the oblique injury. And I know Carlos Beltran said that he played through it in 2015. And even though he was healthy, quote-unquote healthy, he said he still felt some lingering effects of it for the majority of the year. Um, he's taking a lot, and again, he's getting cucked on a lot of bad pitches, getting rung up on, on, on obvious balls, but his pitch selection is almost too, it almost reminds me kind of like what we saw with Aaron Hicks a year or two ago, where, you know, he realized that he was a good hitter. He started putting together higher on base percentages and he was more so looking to get on base than to actually take a good hack at the ball. And I'm, that, that concerns me with judge. Like he's hitting what still 270 ish, which is, yeah, all, which is pretty good. Yeah, his on-base percentage is 400, which is phenomenal. 2.9 I feel like, Yeah, but I feel like he's thinking at this point more so, you know, singles and walks rather than driving the ball, and, and, and that's concerning. Again, that's more psychological than it is physical, but that, that worries me a little bit. You know, like, honestly, though, you know what I've been thinking? Like, look, if there is a time to kind of be cold and get cold, it's now, right? Like, you'd rather judge kind of – like kind of struggle right now and let's say get hot starting in I don't know, the end of this month or like the beginning of September rather than like, you know, get hot now. And then the last two, three weeks of the season, he kind of cools down and he carries that over to the postseason. Obviously it doesn't mean it's not like an automatic that if you're cold, like, you know, you're going to carry that over, but I don't know. I think, I think judge will be fine. Cause you know, even in his struggles, like judge will still get on base. He'll still, you know, he's still playing great defense. I think he's had like, in the last like seven or eight games, he's walked like eight times. So, you know, J- Judge will be fine. He'll he'll figure it out. But yeah, and don't tell Munson Twitter, but he's oh. he's playing without you know John Carlos Stanton as his as his protection oh, lineup the whole year. So John Carlo Ellsbury, wow, wow. he missed like what close to sixty games, and he's still among the league leaders in like defensive runs saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find that incredible. That, that's... Was it his? Left oblique, or was it his right oblique? Because it's one of the other things. Like, if it was maybe his left, still his is left. Yeah. yeah. Left. So maybe that's part of it. Like, he can't, or, you know, the people say it's an injury that you could be quote unquote healthy, but it lingers, but like maybe he just can't or isn't ready to or whatever, like in terms of getting around and actually driving the ball to left field, something like that, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, his, his power just, you know, he's still doing well, but you know, I think he only had, uh, five homers or maybe four homers in July. And then he's only had one this month. So slugging 473. Yeah. You know, not very judging, you know, not what we're used to seeing, but Hey, still got a 400 on base percentage, uh, 872 OPS. I think he'll be fine. You know, uh, I feel like August is like the. Like blah, like dog days, month of the season, right? Like, and, and uh, let's 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 remember that Judge historically usually doesn't do well in August, right? It's true. Yeah, Twenty seventeen, right. his August was where that was the month where he just looked, he just looked completely lost, right? He was he was terrible. Obviously, last year August he was hurt, but yeah, you know, well, maybe Judge in August like, in the summer just like, don't, I don't know. You know, everyone's hurt. You know, they have all these. Like, you know, still a couple weeks before you get to September and you start to really ramp it up. Like, August is kind of one of those. It's like probably a month that's like really just a slog for everyone, especially, you know, they have, they have the road trips. Like, it's just, I don't know, just kind of a blah month, I feel like. 
Mm-hmm. Um, other news: Gary Sanchez came back, hit a dinger. Like, good to have Gary back, right? Um, he scared uh, both each of those two games. He's been back. Uh, he's gotten hit uh, one behind the plate and then one at the plate uh, hitting. So, not ideal. Uh, I heavily advise Gary to get a uh, an elbow guard for his left because you know he got hit right on the left elbow today. I'm like, damn, where where the hell is his elbow guard? Like, what? Well, what's Gary doing out there? We can't af- can't afford to lose him again, man. We we really can't. Um, How he wasn't wearing an elbow guard is just beyond me. Yeah, yeah. I don't he, know. he sometimes he wears like longer sleeves, or you know, has like a three quarter cutoff sleeve thing going on. Like in a lot of pictures, you'll see him with something on his elbow, and in that at bat he didn't. And naturally, that's the one where he takes it right off the freaking elbow. Uh yeah yeah uh, injury news John Carlos Stanton moved to the sixty day D- uh, IL I almost said DL wow I've done that in a while um yeah Stanton you know he he could be still be activated August twenty fifth it's just a formality um but they don't expect the they don't expect him to play before September first anyway so yeah. I, don't know. I mean really. he's doing he started like what do they say T work and stuff he started baseball activities and Boone said that he hopefully will get to ramp it up once he gets back to New York and he sees, you know, once the team gets back and they see him and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, it's not hopeless. Like he's not just like chilling like Bird or Ellsbury. Yes. My understanding is, is why does it take him so long just to do basic stuff like that? Like he hurt his knee, he hurt a ligament in his knee. I don't expect him to be taking like, you know, shagging fly balls or running, but I mean, you could stand in a cage and like, does he put that much torque on his, on his knee? Just by swinging in, in a cage, I, I, it just seems like. I mean, he takes pretty heavy swings. Like he's a he has a pretty violent swing. The crazy thing about Stanton is like both Stanton's injuries this year have kind of just been like you know like nothing. Like right, like like they seem like nothing. Where he kind of just left the game, and there wasn't like a like that one point you could point out where like oh yeah, this is where he got hurt. It's like it'd be understand like you know Edwin's out right now because Edwin literally got hit in the hand like in front you know with a fastball right like that yeah like we could clearly see why you're hurt and why you're missing time but Stanton it's just okay. it's been these just kind of like He's mystery on, like, a nothing play sliding in the second base yeah like, <laughs> and we talked about like this is a little bit different because it's a ligament in the knee but with Stanton I feel like earlier in the season when people are getting hurt like we kind of come especially with. Aaron Hicks as well, right? Like, Aaron Hicks has gotten absolutely huge in terms of, like, muscles the last couple of years. Stanton is just a big guy. Like, you see all these just annoying, like, soft tissue injuries, like these big muscle-bound dudes. Like, I don't yep. know. You have another guy that's currently out right now, Aaron Hicks, you know? Just, <sighs> just you know, just... It's the, we're the IL Yankees once again, right? We're, we're the Rail Riders once again. It's it's incredible, but hey, they're still trucking along. Um, like I said, if you look on the Yankees' official depth chart on their website, the injury list runs off the page. That's how long yeah. it is. Yeah, they've had, they've had the mo- we're we've been by far the most injured team in baseball this year, and for them to still be where they're at, it's pretty incredible. Um, guys, what do we think about Johnny Lasagna? possibly coming back next week and, and helping this bullpen out. Thoughts? You know, we talked about him on, on the pod two weeks ago, but, um, you know, everyone was freaking out. Oh, why didn't the Yankees get a pitcher at the trading deadline, this and that? You know, you need guys to eat innings, keep other guys fresh. Like, that's going to be his job. I mean, he's thrown, mm-hmm. what, 
four or five innings collectively in, in AAA and had maybe one appearance in AA before that. So he's really just getting stretched out again now. I know he had a, was it an elbow injury or a shoulder injury? It was pretty significant because he's been out since like April or May. But um, let's say shoulder. Yeah, I mean he's going to come up and he's going to you know eat innings. I mean they're probably going to give him uh, a start every now and then. It would be ideal if he could come up like tomorrow uh, and pitch one of those games of the doubleheader. But I think he just pitched on Saturday, so that's out. And um, I don't know if we have any other doubleheaders on the schedule the rest of the year. Um, right I now, hope. I think we, we've. I think we're all caught up after tomorrow with yeah. all the rainouts. But um, I mean, I, you know, he was still a, a good arm. I don't think he had the kind of spring training that we would expect after what we saw from him early last year when he got recalled. But um, I still like him. I like his arm. I think he has some electric stuff, and it'll be a nice change of pace from the, the type of pitchers we have. Like when CC comes back. Um, him and Happ are, are kind of similar. They, they're going to top out of that 90-91. Lefties more pitching to movement and, and location. And Boaz um, can come out and, and throw some, some fire. And he's got a really, really good changeup. If he can mm-hmm. recapture his control issues that were never a problem for him in the minor leagues, but they were earlier this year. Um, I, I think he, he brings an interesting piece to the, to the rotation to help us get through the rest of the year. I think it's a good... If his role is in the bullpen, it's a good like incremental upgrade from a, you know, a um, a guy like not Sessa. He's been pretty all right for a good while now. Like you know, the Mantiplies or the Brady Lyles or you know Chance Adams. Like those are three guys that are in the bullpen right now. Like so, in addition to all the talent that they have at the top, like the Britons and Avino and Canley and all those guys, like. Yankees bullpen is still pretty good, and you still have to use like those back end guys. So, well, I think of being like a top end prospect for our system, throws hard, has good stuff. Like to be able, if they're going to use him in the bullpen, to be able to use him a couple days. Like the shoulder injury is concerned, but having a fresh arm at this point in the season with good stuff, like is not like a new acquisition, but it's just like a good incremental upgrade for a unit that the Yankees use a lot. Yeah. One thing I'd actually like to see from him is, um, you know, I've never been a supporter of a six man rotation, but I think he can be a guy that you can give spot starts to every two or three times through the rotation to give a guy an extra day of rest, but don't make it a permanent thing where everyone is getting an extra day of rest every time they pitch. I don't like that. It throws pitchers at other rhythms. Um, Aside from like Tanaka, the numbers show that pitchers, do better on regular four days rest as opposed to with an extra day and a six man rotation. But if you know you have a series of games in a row, a lot of travel, maybe a double header, God forbid, we have another one of those. Um, you can insert him into the rotation to give everyone an extra break. I like his role as that as a like a swing man type. Agreed, agreed. I, I love me some giant lasagna. Um, man, it's just crazy. Like all like, you know, the guys like Holder, Hale, like Tarpley now's hurt. Like just, uh, you know, just dropping like flies, man. Um, said this before, but Chance Adams, man, I, I, I get, I can't stand Chance Adams. He, he's just, at one point, oh, this guy was so our best, at one point, this guy was our best pitching prospect not too long ago. Now, now he's, yeah, I don't even think he's in the top 10 of our pitching. He's that bad. He, he, he's, he's garbage time last man. He's let, I think he's let up a run in seven of his eight appearances this Boss. year or six of his seven appearances, you know, just, <sighs> yeah. Can't, uh, you know, like I really haven't come like Boone. Like, look, first of all, 
I just want to say this. Boone probably going to be manager of the year, right? Like, it's it's pretty clear. Like, he's the all the injuries this team's dealt with and the fact that the Yankees are just probably going to run away with the AL East. It's p- pretty incredible what he's done. He's done a great job this year. Where last year, I just didn't think he did a good job at all. But, well, I mean, him... We're pretty, uh, you know, Brian Cashman stuck by his man, right? They thought, you know, they, they spoke very highly and they thought that he had it in him to be a really good manager. And it seems like, you know, like exactly what we hoped for all of our preseason and early season stuff, where we hoped that he would just take all that stuff that he was seemingly really bad at last year and learn from it. And it's a lot of that stuff has improved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, but, you know, Boone, him putting Chance Adams in that game, uh, it's like a one-run game. He just gives up that three-run homer. That you know, just I, I get it. You needed to save the bullpen, and you know Adams was the guy. But putting Chance Adams in with runners on base, not a good idea. You know, ne- never a good idea. Putting Chance Adams in at all is not a good idea. So eh, that's that's a whole other story. Uh, I mean, look, we might probably might see Chance. I'm not sure who the, the 26 man is going to be for the doubleheader tomorrow, but. I don't know. We, we we might see some chance tomorrow. We might see some Brady Lyle. We, we, we it's gonna be gonna get weird tomorrow. It's gonna get weird. Um, guys, anything you want to talk about from this past week of Yankees baseball before we uh, before we or should we do our bullpen trust list? We can do that. All right. Well, we haven't I haven't done it in a while. Um, but I mean, screw it. Let's. I'll, I'll start. Um, number five. You know. Luis Sess has been pretty damn good. Uh, 3.7 ERA, I, I believe he's at. Um, he's been great at eating innings. Uh, you know, he kind of, like, Luis Sessa was literally, he's been our, like, just one of our least favorite bullpen pitchers for the last few years, right? He, he's been pretty bad. He, he's never really seemed to have it. But, I don't know, I think he's really come around this year. Um, he, like I said, he's done a great job at eating innings. Four, four probably of Britain. Uh, Britain, you know, he's done a lot better recently, but still has control issues. Still 27 walks and 48 innings, still just no bueno. But uh, he, he always seems to get out of it. You know, he'll always seem to walk a couple guys and, and get out of it. So I have Britain four. Um, this was a tough one. This uh, who I had at three because I, it, it's, I, spoiler alert, I still have Chapman one, but. Between Canely and Ottavino, you know, Canely was the AO reliever of the month for the month of July. Like, he had a great July. He gave up the two-run homer uh, this weekend, but I'm still going to put Canely three. Uh, Canely three, Ottavino two, and Chapman one. Um, all three, first of all, all three are, are just, you know, I, I just have on a separate level. Like, I don't trust Britain as much as I, you know, trust any of those three, not even close. But I can mix around the top three, but four and five are... Pretty safe, so Sessa, Britton, Canely, Ottavino, Chappie. Uh, G, bullpen trust list. Who, who do you trust in this bullpen? Uh, if you have Brady Lyle, number one, I respect that. Uh, I mean, you look, I got to respect the uh, the pedigree, so I don't know how I couldn't go with that guy number one. That's what I'm, t- that's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. Um, I'll tip of the cap to... Sessa for you because he was good for a really big chunk at the beginning of the season and and he was good you know he has been good especially I call him I call him the blowout ace because 
he, he they bring him in in so many you know games where it's a blowout and he just eats three or four innings and so definitely tip of the cap for Sessa but he's not on my list I'll spoil that um, oh no I have Green Adovino Britton Canely Chapman from five to one Chapman especially has looked really good a lot closer to like you know the Chapman that we've been used to for the last week or so. He got it up to, I guess it was against the Orioles, right? He he was hitting 102, um, you know, for a little while there. Canely, especially, again, this recent stretch, um, after the whole pitching staff, you know, crapped themselves around the trade deadline, but Canely has been really good for the last couple of weeks. Britain, as much as I gave him shit, and you guys gave me shit for giving him shit early in the season, like, has been yep. really... He doesn't always make it easy, but he does get the results most of the time. So, um, and then out of you know a little bit of a rough stretch. He had an annoying outing uh, on Saturday, but mostly you know he has he still has ridiculous like wiffle ball stuff, and uh, he could just as easily you know with the stretch of of good appearances be a two or three or whatever. So, Chad Green. Is just I feel like he's just the fifth best guy out of all those guys, but he's still been really good, mostly and very useful as an opener. So that's it. That's the list. Yeah, like I, I wanted to go with Green Five, but I don't know, man. Like I just I, like when Sess is in the game now. Like I just I feel good. He's just been so good at eating innings and Green. Like late, like Green was on a great stretch, but I feel like Green is kind of. I don't know. I just, I, I just haven't trusted Green as much as lately, and I love me Chad, some Chad Green, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just yeah, want to have that over. Heartbroken move by me. He was definitely sad that the Yankees rolled with Holder that one day, and he pitched well as an opener. Chad Green got a spot blown up by Jonathan Holder. <laughs> oh, that that Jonathan Holder, I was blowing up the spot. Uh, Andrew, bullpen trust list. Yeah, similar to what what you guys have said, I, I'm kind of torn with. Um, what to do at, at the bottom of the list. Um, Sess has been really good, but I think we have to keep in perspective the type of pitcher he is. As of right now, he's not being used in any much high leverage situations. Um, so, so similar true. to so similar to Matt, I'm going to keep him off my list. Um, am I comfortable when he's in the game right now? Yes, um, but I, I think we're talking about when I envision a bullpen trust us. I think like we're facing. You know, let's say the Astros, we got to get nine outs. Who we turn to, who we trust the most. Um, so in that scenario, um, I'm going to keep Sass off. Um, I'm going to put Green at five, but to me, it's tricky because again, I envision him more of the, of the starter, where he's had way more success than mm-hmm. when he's pitching in the seventh, eighth, or ninth innings um, in, in the higher leverage situations. He hasn't been as great there. Um, he, in particular, he struggled a lot when we were at Fenway Park a couple weeks ago, um, but. On the whole, what he's been able to do since his horrendous start to the season um, garners enough to just get him onto the list. I'm going to put Adovino at four, but it's not reflective of what he did um, on Saturday afternoon. I mean, that that hit to uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. was was absolute garbage. It was a chest yep. swing, excuse <laughs> me, ground ball that snuck past the most unathletic first baseman we have in yeah, the how system, dare, Mike how dare you talk shit about Mike Ford. Like, wow. I mean, wow, wow. And then, and then even Judge bobbled the ball, which allowed the, the go-ahead run to score. Um, I don't know, man. But on the whole, the, my only gripe with Adebino is that he has such good stuff, but control is, is, is a problem with him. Almost more that I feel like he struggles with control more than than, than Britain. And, and I'm not looking at the numbers, but but I think his 
his walk per nine rate is is worse than Britain's. And, and that's concerning when you get later into the year, when you get into, you know, the pennant race. We're still going to be playing, obviously not for the division really at this point. We're in pretty good shape, um, Godfrey, you know, unless the, the wheels fall off. But um, we're still looking for that number one overall seed in, in, in the American League. Um, so I'm going to put Adovino at four. Uh, but again, if he starts, you know, lasering in, he can shoot up the list. Canely at three. Struggled a little bit the past few days, but he was, like you said, the, the June AL reliever of the month. July. Uh, and had July. And, yeah, excuse me, July. Wow. wow. Right, it's August. Oh, yeah. Wow. Time uh, uh, I don't know where it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, looked, he looked absolutely disgusting in that stretch. Uh, he has the, the change of working really well right now. Um, I'm going to have still Britain, two, uh, and Chapman at one, as they've been for me pretty much the entire season. Uh, I mean, those are still your eighth and ninth inning guys. And until they have, you know, like, until the wheels fall off, um, I'm still trusting those two more than anyone else. Yeah. What, what, a, after he not throwing the whole series, and we all know how Chapman could be after not pitching for a few days. A lot of times he's rough. Man, he was really good today. Like, Vladdy had a great at bat, 13 pitches. Like, he was throwing so many great pitches. It, and then Bo Bichette comes up next, and he has like an eight pitch at bat, and he eventually gets a single. And then you yeah, have those, those little Biggio next, like all three friggin' sons of former major leaguers coming up uh, and just all giving good at-bats. Obviously, Chappie got the lefty versus lefty matchup in the end. He got the strikeout. But, yeah, I mean, those were some tough at-bats, and Chappie didn't give in. You know, I think 18 I think to with, 27 with pitches of strikes. Sign, the best sign there is that he didn't struggle with his command. He didn't yeah. have a, a dominant put away. Only, pitch, not, only like nine balls there. out of the 27 pitches, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean usually when he goes five, six days without throwing – He's all over the place. And he came in today and he was humming around 100 miles an hour and his control was pretty much on point. And they just held off some good pitches and that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, David Cohn, I think it was, talked a lot about this. Um, they said um, Chapman, well, the one the one real thing that sent my heart into my throat, you know, he shook off uh, Romine. And then threw a slider inside to Vlad Guerrero that he absolutely launched. It was yeah. fouled down the left field line. But like, like the eighth said after that, like Romine, when he was commanding, like when Chapman, Romine would just throw down a sign and Chapman would throw it. Like he seemed like a lot more in control of the at bat. Like, so, I mean, Chapman, you know, maybe just needed to be safe from himself. Like he was definitely sharp in terms of like not having the hashtag Chapman experience with, you know, rust and all that sort of stuff. But, that was like the only thing that really got me scared was that one instance where he shook it off and 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 Vlad almost got him. I'd say that I was just a little bit also annoyed. As much as I was happy that Tanaka was dominating, like if the leash was one base runner, like and you're gonna force Chapman to come in with a base runner, like just let him start the inning. But that's just me. Yeah, I understood why they were trying to let Tanaka get Tanaka get the complete game. You know, they didn't want to have to use Chapman if they didn't. Need to, but you know, everything worked out. So hey, let's let's preview the next week of Yankees baseball, right? Uh, doubleheader on Monday. Uh, go on, G. I was gonna say I'll add because I feel like I have to add this every couple of weeks about the bullpen trust list. If if slash when Dallin Betances comes back and he's anything resembling himself, he's immediately going to number two on my list. You know, G, that's I feel pretty... a lot better about my list when I can do that. Yeah, uh, I mean, tonight, I mean, tonight, excuse me, Severino might be there too if they start him out in the, in the pen. Oh, wow, 
some things to think about, right? Bullpen trust list. We have some new names on it. Wow. Wow. Uh, who, wait, who, are, who the hell are Batances and Severino? I haven't seen them on the field this year. Who the hell are they? Uh, just guys? some scrubs. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, some some prospects. Um, All right, so, yeah, next week at Yankees baseball, uh, doubleheader. So it's like that sixth doubleheader of the year for the Yankees. Paxson starts the first game. Probably have a nice little green-nester combo, bullpen day, for the second game. Then we have Herman and Hap starting on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um. Then, you know, Yankees, guys, the, the Yankees schedule Yankees gets pretty tough. Domingo, yeah, Domingo, uh, like 15-2 and two record. Domingo, he's, he's been pretty nasty. ERA's still a bit high, but that's like every Yankee starting pitcher, uh, you know. Man, the Yankees, at, look, they got, they've been pretty fortunate, right? Playing a, lot of, playing a lot of Baltimore, playing Toronto, you know, playing the Red Sox, all, playing a lot of shitty teams, right? Um, man, four-game set against the Indians in New York. Then you have a three-game set in Oakland. Right, the A's are a pretty good team. Then a three-game set on the road against the Dodgers in L.A. That's it's going to be a, a fun series. Then you go Seattle, Oakland, Texas, Boston. But, you know, that, that run of Cleveland, Oakland, and uh, Dodgers, that's that's a pretty tough stretch right there. You know, two of those series being on the road. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you're, you're not going to play teams like, you know, Tam- uh, Baltimore and Toronto forever, but... Yeah, just something to something to look out for. You know, a little bit of tough stretch, but and who they have right now basically is who they're gonna have. Like as much as some guys might be getting close, like you know they're not close enough where they would conceivably help mm-hmm. during that stretch. So we know, should have CC back for the Cleveland series. They're saying so. True, true. but everyone else in terms of like batters, especially mm-hmm. you know the. You know, the Talkmans and Urshelas and the Mike Ford, you know, experience, that'll continue as well. Yeah. Right. Like, like Hicks is probably going to be at least another two or three weeks. Boyd, I mean, they said as of right now, he's probably not going to have the surgery just yet. But, uh, I mean, there's no ETA on him. And Carnacion, we're looking at another three weeks minimum uh, recovering from a broken wrist. Like, yeah, it's going to be rough. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else is rough? This is the last, our last series against Baltimore this year. Uh, pr- pretty sad stuff. We have to pour one out for the Orioles, man, because they, starting last Monday, had a, a three-game set against the Yankees, a day off. They had three against the Astros. They just got two out of three games pretty bludgeoned, and then they have four more games against the Yankees. Like just Yeah, the, the, the Orioles, after you know, they lost 14-2 to to the Yankees the last game in that series. On Saturday, they lost 23-2 to to Houston. They beat them today. They beat them on Sunday, but... Yeah, twenty three to two loss. Um, remember that that happened to them like years ago. Remember Josh Hamilton had like four home runs or some shit in the game. They had like twenty five runs. That was good times. The Astros scored thirty two runs in or thirty three runs in this three game set against the Orioles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, man, absolute animal. Yeah, that guy's pretty good. Guy's pr- pretty pretty decent. Um, guys, anything else we got? We we did pitching matchups, right? Paxton, mm-hmm. TBD. Yeah, the TB, the the mighty TBD. I think it is noteworthy. We we should comment how well Paxton has looked. I mean, I know you mentioned it earlier, mm-hmm. but 
Um, I mean, he's really, really turning back, around. Back to back. His he was six innings, two runs against the Red Sox, and I think he was six and a third, one run against Baltimore. He might have been six and two. Third. Yeah, back to back. Yeah, great starts. And, and and the big difference maker for him is that he's really using his curveball a lot more. Uh, I think he was basically pumping straight fastballs like eighty-five to ninety percent of the time <laughs> for a while, and, and it, you, you just get predictable. You know what I mean? And he's got a good curveball, but when you have this big loopy slow pitch, it really separates your fastball when you use it and, and that's been a you know credit to larry for actually isolating that problem and changing his his approach wait larry does stuff i, I mean i guess i think yeah, i guess so i don't know i don't think he does anything um yeah you know starting like i i'm like it's so predictable right that the starting pitching before the trade deadline was terrible and ever since the trade deadline it's been pretty good right it's been pretty solid there's still been some bad starts yeah. but Two one, great starts from Paxton. Great start from Tanaka today. Um, Herman's been all right in the last couple of starts. Uh, it's, everything's coming together, you know? I mean, I think it would be unfair of us to not note that Jay Happ is still not great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely not great. He got he got screwed the other night, though, where, like, well, maybe he didn't see that pop up, and then right after it's a three-run homer. You know, that's stuff you don't see in the box score, but, you know, just that's baseball, Susan, right? Um, yeah, I think the thing with Hap though is that I mean he we, we kind of have to just know what what to expect from him, right? I mean he's he's the yeah. four basically five, five starting point. Yeah, and he's gonna have some good starts. Like you know we went through the numbers. I, I think on our on our trade deadline recap show where he had, you know what like eight of his last sixteen starts he's gone he's given up two or less runs, but then he's had a couple other ones where he got absolutely bludgeoned. Uh, I mean it's I mean, we have to just expect that you know he's for people to look at him. And look at his ERA, which, by the way, he was horrendous throughout the months of May and June. Uh, or, excuse me, or just early in, in May. He was better in, in, in June. Um, you know, just to look at, at that in a vacuum is not fair. But also, I, I mean, what are you going to expect from him? And he's not going to be expected to, to start a meaningful playoff game. So, like, it is I think Hap's presence on the roster will be a lot more palatable not that I'm trying to knock the guy, but like when CC's gone, CC, as much as I love him, is going to give you like five, you know, pretty good innings, like five innings, you know, to have when your rotations at full strength be two guys who might go six innings is just kind of annoying for a lot of fans. So I think mm-hmm. going forward, when you have to be like, Hap, he's definitively your number five starter behind the, you know, Hermans and whoever else, like he's just the number five guy where he's going to throw. A bunch of innings to get you through the regular season, and then maybe mix them in the playoffs a little bit. I feel like that'll be a lot more tolerable, and you could definitively just put that label on him. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, so guys, any any final thoughts? Uh, pitching, offense, injuries, Boone, Guardy, terrible umpires. What, what else we got? Yeah, we're we're screwed. Yeah, well, the Astros. Facebook are... and Twitter told me that the Astros already won the yeah. World Series, so like, it's just why, why even bother? Well, I mean, well. I'm about. To, why are we even doing this podcast if the Astros are just going to win the World Series? You know, it's I'm about nice. to just delete this nice. whole thing. Wow, wow. Why Brian Cashman isn't working the phones? Uh, yeah. Require a better team doctor. I mean, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I sure do wish Robbie Ray was on this squad. You know, I mean, it was <laughs> like, man, like Rob, the Racer, the, the, the Robster, like. Well, maybe next year. Right? Like once we didn't get Robbie Ray, I kind of just knew that this just wasn't the year. 
But it's not here. It's not here, right? Do you want to do a fun, like, a game log since the trade deadline? Because was it like the day after the trade deadline where you give up? Was it five innings, four runs? And sounds about right for Robbie Ray. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine not having that guy pitching in the American League East, but you know, the hell am I? Let's talk about how uh, Dallas Keuchel gave up eight runs to the Marlins last week. Wow! <laughs> wow! I mean, about five and a half. You know, June the month uh, he just had uh, Robbie Ray just had six innings, two runs, seven strikeouts against the Dodgers. What's Cashman doing? We we made a terrible mistake for not trading four four or five prospects for him. Yeah, we're going to trade. We I want to trade seven or eight. Uh, that's how good he is. That's how much I want him. You know, just for the privilege of paying that guy ten million dollars next year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we before we talk about Robbie Ray anymore, for Luigi, for Andrew, for G, this is the Bronx Bomber Battle Podcast. We'll see you guys next time.